This is the Detroit is Different Podcast Network, the culture of an American classic city. You're listening to the Ask Jennifer Podcast on the Detroit is Different Podcast Network. Welcome everybody to Ask Jennifer the Podcast and I'm your host Jennifer Crawford and we're going to discuss everything, everything small business here on Ask Jennifer the Podcast where we hear from small business experts and inspiring entrepreneurs and we are happy today with our guest Nikki Pardo with Global Alliance Solutions. She is a guest that we've been wanting to have on the show for a very, very long time and today we're going to be talking about diversity in the workplace. When you're a small business owner, we think that it's so important in larger companies but as a small business owner it's definitely important to have diversity in our workplace as well but before we get into talking to Nikki I want to tell you about some of our amazing events that are coming up curated by Ask Jennifer we have all things Detroit Sunday March 31st at Eastern Market tickets are on sale now download the app Uh, everybody loves all things Detroit but get those beat the crowd tickets Uh, we're almost sold out and the night market at Beacon Park this summer and also Ask Jennifer and the Vintage Market present Market in the City, September 8th at the historic Fort Wayne. These are going to be amazing events, everybody. So go to AskJennifer.com, sign up for those events, purchase your tickets. And we're going to start talking to Nikki. Hi, Nikki. Hey, Thank you so much for being here. I've wanted to have you on a long time ago to just talk about being a minority-owned business, a woman in this, in being a small business owner. Mm -hmm. And now we're here to talk all about your business and how it's so important about diversity because you are the expert. We want the expert (laughs) to tell us what we need to do and how, not, not really what we need to do, but just how important it is for diversity in the workplace. Uh, and they think huge companies, but as a small business, it's important. And so tell us a little bit about like you and how you got started. Well, I, I just celebrated my fifth year anniversary. Congratulations. Yay. Yeah, I'm pretty that's, excited. That's a milestone. Yes. And you know about milestones when you hit <laughs> your, your mark two years ago. Yes. So the um, so my journey has been interesting. I did not come from an entrepreneurship family. I came from a family where you, you know, you worked Work. hard. Yep. You got the Breaking gold clock. the plan 30 years. Yes. You get the gold clock. And you retire. Watch. Yes. You get the gold clock. You retire and you maybe move south mm-hmm. and we're somewhere warm. That was not my track. Um, I have a background in corporate and um, law, nonprofit, law enforcement, all that good stuff. But the highlight of my career is when I worked for the Michigan Department of Civil Rights. And mm-hmm. we were the state arm of the EEOC, the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. So I did that. For almost a decade, and one day I kind of looked around, and the managers were not ever leaving. They were fossilizing <laughs> in their positions, and I'm like, this cannot be, you know, the end of the, the road for me. And people thought I was insane for leaving that good government job. Oh, yes. They always be like, girl, how did you leave did that I job? When I quit, everybody was like... You quit your you job? Quit? Yes. yes. But you know what? I used to be one of those people who thought that way, and yep. so I was in a situation where I was thinking like, 
I want to leave. I want to get yeah. out of here. And it's so funny. Um, I used to do, uh, before like having my business, I used to do the Executive Order 22 paperwork for the City of Detroit projects where they had to hire wow. 50% minority, 25%, uh, no, 50% Detroit resident, okay. 25% yep. minority, and 5% yep. women. And they used to have to do it on every City of Detroit project. And I was the person who actually process the paperwork for those construction projects like wow. the, or the that's, Detroit and that's public a finable and offense isn't it if yeah. they don't comply it is a finable offense the city will not pay you the money that they owe you mm-hmm. uh, for the work that you're doing or whatever if you don't uh, comply with those mm-hmm. I don't know if they still do oh, that oh yeah oh they do oh yeah okay because they, they've changed it it was executive order 22 and then it changed it to like executive order 2000 something mm-hmm. uh, before so yeah Oh yeah, that's still in place. Really, I'm, I'm glad it's still in place. Yeah, it I'm should glad be it's still in place. It should be. And so, yeah, so I ended up leaving there and mm-hmm. went to go work for a company that discriminated against me based on my race and based on my age. So, um, part of the settlement agreement was for me to get out of there because I was that was a liability. Mm-hmm. So I left there, and uh, at that point, I didn't have no job. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I. Just I had a, a blueprint already for my MBA program, and it, which was a diversity training and consulting company, and I never would have thought that I'd breathe life into it because at the time they were like, you're going to have to dedicate at least about six months to whatever you're going to write about. Mm-hmm. So make sure you're going to you live, breathe, eat everything it. And so, so that just shows when I when I reflect, like I had passion about this even back then. Mm-hmm. So here I am now, and uh, the first about year and a half. I was kind of stumbling through because I didn't really have mentors in the space. I had I have awesome mentors, but not that were actually in this space because it's kind of corny. But I said, you know, if I I'm going to spend the rest of my life trying to prevent what happened to me happening to someone else, mm-hmm. and so far I've been true to my word. So my quadrants for my companies are, uh, of course, corporations. Nonprofits, law enforcement, and school districts. I kind of fell into school districts, which I absolutely love. <laughs> that is so awesome. Congratulations. Congratulations Thank on you. five years. Thank you. And just like starting a business is like oh, probably, I feel like it's like one of the most difficult things to do because like figuring out what you want to do, mm-hmm. getting it together, the start to finish. And mm-hmm. then like for me, like I said, I did everything in a non-traditional way. It's just like, oh, I'm starting a business. I have a business. But it, it took for me to quit my job, cancel my cable and sit there um, by myself and mm-hmm. without those distractions of watching like the garbage TV that I love to watch so much oh, yeah. to really think about like the vision for what my business what I wanted it to be mm-hmm. and so when I sat there and I lay there with no distractions I realized like okay what would make my business different from someone else from everybody else and I'm like what, yes. what should I do and I said that I'm in a situation where I was at a job I didn't like what I was doing I was miserable but I want to continue doing what I love and so in order to do that I have to be in a position where I'm putting myself in the position of the other people who are in a miserable job and I want to do what they love but who supports them who helps them who right. can relate so right. I, it's my goal and my vision to be that relatable person, supply them with the platforms and like whatever it is that they need to get out of that position or whatever it is, you know, to mm-hmm. live the dream basically and do what they love. And so that's what I did. So when did you really, really just realize like, you know what, I have something here. Like I want to be a business owner and I, this is like my life's work. Cause it's kind of like your life's work. It's important. It is, it is my professional and my personal life. In fact, my son, who's 15, has said before, you know, God, you 
have this lens. Like, do you ever turn it off? Like, it's not always, you know, racially related or bias or, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm like, unfortunately, it's a blessing and a curse, but I don't turn it off Mm -hmm. and nor will I ever. So, um, yeah, I, I, when you talk about entrepreneurship, I kind of stumbled into this also. Mm -hmm. And so, but I'm not looking back. Not looking back. No, like this is what, I didn't wake up like as a little girl say, oh, you know, I want to be a diversity and inclusion practitioner. (laughs) That's what I, I really want to be a cop. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, My mother would be embarrassed. You know, when adults ask kids, so what do you want to be, little Johnny or little Sam? I was like, I'm going to be a cop. My mother would be like, oh, Lord. So this wasn't even my track. Mm -hmm. And But, but, you know, the beauty of life is our blueprint is not set. It's not set. And let's go back to something you hit. I mean, it was when Nail Met Head, when you said about have a differentiator. Because I also now I teach entrepreneurship Mm -hmm. at the Build Institute, a small business incubator here in the city. And that's what I lead off with. Mm -hmm. You know, what is your differentiator? What's going to set you apart? What's going to set you apart? Because if everything is the same, you know, like sometimes, like some people tell me all the time, like, are you like, what if someone comes out with a everything Detroit or all things Detroit Mm -hmm. too? And I tell everybody the key to any brand is yourself. Yes. Someone can do uh, all things Detroit, 35, whatever. But the key to any brand is myself. It's Jennifer. They're not going to run it like Jennifer Crawford. No. They're going to run it how they run it. So I tell them all the time. Sometimes I, I'm a human. So I do say, what is this? You know, and, and that and that part. But I have to think back to myself and say, you know what? They're doing things the way they're doing it. I'm going to do it the mm-hmm. way that I'm going to mm-hmm. do it. But I always try to think of ways to kind of like reinvent myself. Right. And one of my friends, he said that his uncle was able to stay in business 40 years because he always was able to reinvent himself, you rebrand, come up with different things. So I try to come up with different pr- platforms. Fact, I don't know make... where you get you. You have so <laughs> many ideas. Oh my God. I just, just don't, I just don't go to sleep. But I feel like also mm-hmm. to the drive and determination comes from with my former employer that I work for and the things that they said to me. I never reported. I never said it was racist. I never said it was anything, but I was called a drop of, a drop of oil in a bucket of water. I do not mix. And so when I told friends this, what they would say is, it's mm-hmm. racial. It's black and white. He was saying, because you're a black girl and this and this. And I was thinking that as he was saying this to me, I'm like, hmm, I definitely do not want to go angry black girl no. in this office and no. say anything, because that's what no. they expect you yep. to do. They, they and I did not. And I, and I just said, I said, hmm, okay. I said, you know what? I've, n- I've never heard that before. Okay. Mm. And so we ended our conversation and then I had another conversation with another boss in the same employee in the same company. And he said, you know, that this brand had been created for us and I have to take advantage of this and that. And all these things that they were saying to me, like, take advantage of your opportunities and like, who are you and this and this? And all my friends would say to me is because I was a black woman and I didn't look at it like that. Mm -hmm. I just was like, you're telling this black girl because you're scared of a little black girl magic. So I'm just going to show you what I could do with it. Right. I I can show you, but I could tell you. I'm here for it. I'm going to show you what I could do with it. Well, I'm glad you didn't take that bait because it seems like that's what it was. It did. And then for you to blow up and then you're fired. I used to see that. all. That's textbook. And that's what, and that's my my next question. I'm sure you've seen that a lot. Like where it happens. Oh yeah. They feel like black women, if we are very stern in how we feel (sighs) and if we get our point across, then we're, you know, we have an attitude problem or we're aggressive or we're aggressive. Mm -hmm. And so in this business of of like what we're doing is so many challenges because we're black women, you Mm -hmm. know, and like if we were like black women with looking a certain way and a size too, like there's like so many, that's fine. But like Mm -hmm. still it's like the level of respect. I don't think that we get it. So 
I come across these challenges all the time because of like my race. What are some of the challenges that you've come across just within your business and, and doing this? This is so funny that you're asking me this because just this weekend, I thought about that very same question. That recently, I think because people know I'm in this space, mm-hmm. like I talk about racial equity, I work on racial equity for a living. People can just do and say all kind of stuff to me. Mm-hmm. And and it just hit me because I was like, why are people just so openly uh, just like, will say all kind of stuff, negative things. And so it, it, I had to do a self-check and say, because I've put myself out there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that... Yeah, and, and it seems like it's ramping up because, again, the climate that we're living in. So when you say that they, the things that they say to you, are they approaching you on, like, social media? Or is it in your face? Like, when are they, like, is it just some situations? Like um, it'll be in my face. Really? In my face. Yeah, I'll say, again, talking about this political administration mm-hmm. that kicked in a couple of years ago. And, this, and also I want to say about entrepreneurship is when preparation meets opportunity. Because mm-hmm. I had already been in motion, and then when uh, he came into office— then he validated racism. So I was ready for his behind. I, I bet you I weren't was, ready. If we weren't on, on radio, I'd say something a little more aggressive. <laughs> but I was ready. Yeah. I was ready. So I, my company just kind of exploded. Mm-hmm. And it was very reactive. Mm-hmm. It was like, listen, we need you in here like yesterday. And that is more, it's slowing down a little bit. Mm-hmm. So now I'm doing more proactive work. Okay. But all kind of hell was jumping off. It was really bad. And so within the past two years, I've been threatened. I've been stalked. I've been verbally abused. It is just, it's been a lot. It, I'm sure it, it definitely can be a lot. I just had, like, when you said something about people just saying anything to oh, yeah. you. I feel like, you know, people do feel like they can say anything to you because I was just talking to you about how someone approached me of mm-hmm. a different race, approached me and says to me, why you? Why are you chosen? <laughs> right. Who are you? Why were you picked? If I want to be here in this establishment, I need to talk to you. Mm-hmm. And my question to this person is, why not me? Yeah. Am I not what you feel I should look like or who I should be for you to come and get permission or need my acceptance to be here? Because that's just what it is. It's mm-hmm. like I've been put in a position where I am, you know, going through these things to pick the best businesses or whatever for this space. Right. And what is your issue with this black woman being in charge of this higher position to do this? So your question is In a to black me, city. In a black That's the problem I have with. In a black city. Because it is a black city. So don't get it twisted. When people want to talk about Oh, the city's making this comeback. I I was just on a on a panel mm-hmm. when the German fellows came in, and so I was at Wayne State, and you know they, they were saying all this flowery stuff, and they were talking about the comeback. These were people from all over the country who came to to study Detroit mm-hmm. because you know how we have come back from the recession, and or how we are slowly evolving from the recession. And so they kept saying comeback, comeback, and I said, you know what? I want you to stand at. Verner and Lawndale or Dexter and Davison or Seven Mile and Gratiot and, ta- and yell from a rooftop, Detroit is making a comeback. So let's not Seven get it twisted outside of the 7.2 miles downtown that we see is Any- making a comeback. Go to 48205. <laughs> Go to 48207, 48209, where I, I used to live. So, you know, I don't, so this whole thing, like, you know, having grown up here mm-hmm. and seeing where, 
this is our city and you have a white woman coming up to you in the middle of Beacon Park questioning your authenticity. Question my authenticity. Uh, yes, she was. She Come was. on now. And like just, it was, now. it was just honestly just like this, like if I want to be here, who would I need to talk to? I said, well, I can help you. I said, I'm asked Jennifer, actually, curate this event. You? No. Oh, really? Wow. No, I, wow. Have, I have an opposite and I'm like, situation oh. of that because people think I'm white. So we listen, we had this conversation. <laughs> we had a situation where I said <laughs> that Miss Nikki here was not black. I'm like, she's not black. I thought that you were. And you know, that's when we almost started fighting. Yes. And then you said, right. what do you mean I'm not black? What right. do you mean, Jennifer? I'm not black. And we had, that was our first time actually meeting in person. And Lana's like, Nikki's black. And I'm like, right. Nikki is not black. Yep. She is not. I'm the graduate of two HBCU grads. <laughs> so what's happening is, I don't know. Why within the past few years people are mistaken? This has never happened to me before in my life. But um, I sit on the board of a race relations and diversity task force in mm-hmm. Birmingham, mm-hmm. and so we had our Martin Luther King Jr. breakfast that we have our annual breakfast. And this woman came up to me from the Oakland Press, and so she says, "I want to interview you as a board member." So I'm given. She said, "How far do you think we've come?" It was the fifty year fiftieth year celebration. So I said, "I think we're going in the reverse." I said, it just looks different right now. And so I kind of got into that. And so she said, okay, now is there anyone black that I can interview on the board? So I said, I'm black. And she's like, no, like seriously. Is there anyone, you have a black, and was kind of being dismissive. And so I was like, I am black. So I have another, I have a situation where like my interview wasn't good enough mm-hmm. because she thought that is there I was black. Oh, I was I white. Yeah. And after I tell you, that I'm black, then you choose to still be uh, an idiot. Because that's just insane to me. Yeah, that's it's insensitive. And just think about it. Do you think that your position, just say if you had the same business, mm-hmm. but you were a white woman doing this business, would it be easier for you? No, absolutely. Well, you get what I'm saying? I know exactly what you're saying, and, and it's two-pronged to me. Because I was just asked recently <laughs> if I would... Um, what I think of white people in this space mm-hmm. doing this work, this uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion work. And I'm like, well, if they have a tragedy or if they have had any uh, um, <laughs> adversities or mm-hmm. if they have had any something that they've had to overcome, then, then you feel like they could relate yeah. to it better. Well, but if you be have a life, and the person that was asking me this had a life of privilege. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how are you going to relate? And so my, you know, when people ask if they can work for me, my thing is you have to be able to field these questions from, from the participants. Because believe it or not, Jennifer, I get some hard questions that almost stump me. And I've been in this game since 2003. Or, yeah, 2003. So, you know, are you going to be able to relate mm-hmm. when they, when we talk about biases and we talk about microaggressions and stereotyping and labeling and all this layered you know stuff and can, you're like if you want to be in this business and you want to do it, you have to really know your stuff you can't just come in and say i want to do it no. like you really that's have what's to know happening. that's what's happening now people are just kind of like hey i want to do it and and it looks like it's easy but it's not because it's kind of funny that like when you start a small business when you start a business sometimes i feel like a lot of people feel like let me start a business too because I feel like it's easy and I can oh, do it better. Yes. I had somebody on my podcast uh, and we talked and they said that they started their business and they didn't say this kind of on air, but they said they started their business because they felt like they could do it better from, than someone else. Not because they had a passion for it, but they felt like they could do it better. It's and hard. I was like, 
wow, like that's really a thing to feel like you can do yeah. something so much better that I'm going to start a whole business because I think that yep. I can do it better. Or, or people think the flexibility. I want to work for myself. I'm going to tell you, when I first started, my son who's sitting right here with me, uh, he was 10 at the time. He resented, he hated Global Alliance because it took time away from him. I would get him from school. I would work all day, get him from school. And then I'd get him together, you know, fed and homework and everything. And then I'm working. Mm. And he, it really took a toll on him where he became withdrawn. And so it, it finally, I forgot, he said something to me. He and wanted to clicked. be with his mommy. Yes. And oh, I know what happened. I was sitting there working and he had a bean bag. Mm-hmm. This white bean bag. In fact, he was on it today. And and he brought it up. And I noticed him talking to me. And I, rem- I remember I was feeling annoyed. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, my God, my child, uh, he should never be a burden to me. And that's when I shifted it a little bit. So for people to think this is easy, it is not. You sacrifice. I have missed so many events with families and I mean, family and friends. And everything. And I've missed a lot of things. Just like, have you ever felt like you missed something? Just because, like, you're tired. Like, literally, it's like, I need the day of rest. And Mm -hmm. I feel so bad. But one thing I've decided to do, you know, within this year is to um, enjoy life a little bit more. Because I don't feel like I enjoy it enough. I'm at that point. I feel like I've dedicated, um, not that I don't want to dedicate. This is like my life's work, I feel. So Mm -hmm. not that I don't want to go keep going. But it's been seven to eight years for me now of just like the grind, grind, grind. And I want to keep the grind. But I also want to be a little bit happier and just kind of like get out and uh, joy life. Yeah, because this could be very isolating. It's it's very isolating. And because we have no water cooler conversation, there's no happy hour with coworkers on Fridays. It could be a very lonely world. It is very lonely. We're actually going to be doing an episode on entrepreneurship and loneliness. Oh, bring me back. I, I'm actually recording. I'm going to be doing it, doing it very soon. But okay. um, we're doing a. Because uh, it is, it's a lonely. We're not. We don't have coworkers. Even though no. when I worked with my coworkers, you know, I worked uh, my last job. I worked next to this lady, and we called her the cat lady. She wore cat outfits. She had about twelve <laughs> cats, and it was you Did know she smell. <laughs> she didn't smell, but she really got on my nerves. And I think about though, even in that, how she got on my nerves. But sometimes when I'm sitting at my computer all day and it's yes. just me, I'm like, man, I wish I could like walk around and yes. talk to. Some of the coworkers, even in the co-working space is kind of hard um, because you don't really see some of those people every day. Yeah. But when you build, you do kind of build some type of relationship with people when you are, you know, seeing them every single day in that colleague. same spot. Yep. Whether if they get on your nerves or not. And the cat lady definitely <laughs> got on my nerves because she would always say, oh, is your little thing this weekend? And this is when like All Things Detroit was like. Literally just like a one shed and I just started. I didn't really know. I had wow. no money. She was like, oh, your little thing is this weekend. And she would always say, mention my business to me. And I just was like, why is this lady, why is a cat lady so concerned? But I still kind of miss just being in an office mm-hmm. space sometime. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one thing. So what would you say uh, are some of your greatest achievements? Hmm. I'll say um, one of my grave- greatest achievements is when I was flown down to speak in Birmingham, Alabama. And I remember being on that flight and thinking, wow, you know, not only am I appreciated on a local level, mm-hmm. like now I am, you know, in the southern region. So, yeah. Yep. So that that was my, that was my, uh, 
Yeah, that was my biggest accomplishment. I remember just sitting on the plane. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And so I know that um, you're going to you're doing. So what else is coming up for you? What's new? Well, what what's some new things you have going on? Yeah. So I am now I put together an amazing team and we've been working since July on a fellowship that I'm creating and we should launch. We're going to launch at the end of this month. Congratulations. Yes. So in this journey, this five-year journey, you have a husband, you're mm-hmm. starting a new business, you have a son. What would you change about this process? Ooh, I've been asked many a question. That is the best question. What would I change? What would you change? Oh, I think that I would be a little more aggressive in the beginning and, and less fearful to actually have difficult conversations about race. I remember in the beginning, I played it safe. I had my toe in the water. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I think if I would have come out guns blazing a little more, then I think that I might have been able to move the needle a little faster. But, yeah. Race is a very, it's a very touchy thing because yes, within doing like all things you trade in the businesses that I work with, Mm -hmm. you know, the audience of all things you trade is 60% Caucasian. Yes, it it is. It it just is. Yes. It's over half. And so me being a black woman putting Mm -hmm. on this event, I have black business owners that feel a certain type of way because it is that audience. They feel like they don't have a place or they feel as though I'm choosing to have a certain audience or Vice versa with the businesses. But for me, it's all about like the quality. But the, the thing about it is, Jennifer, because I saw the whole thing unravel and it was very organic. Very it wasn't organic. like you were intentionally targeting groups. And I remember we had a conversation a couple of years ago and you were questioning why it was why it was starting out that way. Yes, and I and I always wanted it to be diverse, and yes. I always wanted it to be great for everybody. Right, but I just, um, for me, I because I felt like just being and having an urban feel is fine. I love it, but I want you know I want even everybody to have all these thousands of customers. Mm-hmm. I don't want it to just be to like secluded like that. I didn't want to do that way, and so like now I get flack from business owners, and I'm saying to them like it's not a black thing, it's not a white thing, it's not a race thing at all for me, but. I do want you to be the best that you can be. I don't want us as black people to present anything any type of way. I want us to be all on the same level business-wise because there's so many great black business owners and entrepreneurs and makers who do amazing things. Mm -hmm. And I want to support that. And I want them to know that they have a place in any of the platforms that I work with. Uh, But sometimes I get a little flack from them to say like, well, it was this type of audience or it was this or it was that. But one thing that I do not do is that you know what? Hair extensions. I wear them, but the audience that I have, they, do, they don't really no. wear them that much. You know, if it was like a different hair extension, still, I don't know if they would really buy them out of all things Detroit. But I, I get people who say like, oh, like, I just want to pay my money and be there. But I don't take money from any business owner if I do not feel that they would do well. I right. just don't. Well, you have to know your audience. Mm-hmm. That's like today. I had a client. I did a training. The things that I said there versus what I said at Grand Circus on Friday are totally different. So you have to you have to know your audience. You have you know, to. It, it, and and I've been to, to several of your events, and I mean we're using hair extension <laughs> as a as an example, example because that's something that is exclusive to our culture. So, but you know that there's there's clip-ins. I like there's a variety of different races that use. Well, yeah, my, my son did tell me at his school that. 
white they have girls clip-ins are wearing. And every, they have clip-ins. And they're called in- extensions. It's not we. Uh, extension. Exactly. <laughs> and I just feel like if I, but there's like, if there's anything, if I don't feel like you will do well, it's not a black thing. It's not a white thing. Like I said, it's just really. Well, why waste your time there? I, I would want to do that to anybody. And you wouldn't want them to feel, if you know that they're. Uh, area will get passed over. You don't want them to feel that way. Why set them up like that? I don't want them to feel anyway. And I, why take their money? Because, right. you know, $175 to $200 for a one-day event can be a lot for a small business. Mm-hmm. It, it can be, you know, depending on, like, where you are. You know, if you don't feel like you'll see the profit or get the clients and stuff from it. So I just try to be open with all the businesses that participate. And, you know, everybody has a place at, at any of these events. We just want everybody to, you know, just do well. So I know what's what did you say what's next for you week over what was next? Yep, oh. uh, my fellowship. Your fellowship that's coming up and you're just doing all types of great things and I'm just so proud of you and I'm so glad that we met and that this has been great and if there's anything else that you want the listeners to to know about your business please tell us like where we can find you. Yeah, so my email I mean I'm sorry, my website is globesoul.com g l o b e s o l.com for uh, my company's Global Alliance Solutions. And uh, like I said, my uh, quadrants are corporations, nonprofits, school districts, and law enforcement agencies. And um, my my trainings are extremely interactive. It's definitely simulation-based and not lecture-based where I'm just standing there talking about, <laughs> oh, everybody just get along. Because you still teach your bill class. Too, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. And I'm also now, as effective last week, now the um, alumni, the ambassador for... Yeah, for oh, yeah, the builders, fifteen hundred strong. So that's awesome. That was really cool. Yeah. So you are doing things really, really great. Thank you so much for being here. We're gonna have you back because I want to talk to you more so about you know like being a woman, women on business owner, and just like mm-hmm. a lot of other different topics we can cover because you are so knowledgeable. And so fun, and I always like to have you around. We don't get to chat much. Right, right. But thank you so much for coming. And and I feel like we're kindred spirits because I remember where we started, and now look at us now. Right. You know what? This journey, I've learned so much uh, from this journey. I, I said yesterday, I said that— um. You know, I'm I'm turned 39 years old, mm-hmm. and I had two cousins who were 37 and uh, 38, and they did not make it to 39. They died, and they died within a year of each other. Oh my god! And um, a year that. to the day, and we buried them, and that was almost 10 years ago. Wow! And so I made it to the age of 39, and I'm a person who's so into my work, and I'm a person who is like. I, I, my birthday, I, I like to be by myself. I don't want to be bothered. Yeah. But this year, I said that I was celebrating life. I love and it. I said that I'm celebrating life because it's a big damn deal. That's yes. not the word I use, but I said it's a big deal. <laughs> right. Because everybody is like, we're dropping like flies. You yes. know? So we have to celebrate life, embrace it. I embrace this journey. Uh, and, you know, when I'm faced with any diversity or whatever, I just tell people, when people tell me no, or opportunity or whatever, I create it. And I tell people, I create stuff. Yeah, you do. Like, if you won't give it to me, I'll create it. And yep. if you, you, you can't hold me back because I'm going to do whatever I can to make it and happen. And the beauty of it is, too, we, we are creating models. Mm-hmm. And that leads to sustainability where we're yes. not a one-trick pony. Mm-hmm. So that's huge too. It's it is. We're it diversifying is. our portfolio. Yes, and I want to be example for you know like young girls who just have that mentality of they feel because everybody feels that they have to have a certain amount of money and a certain amount of this to do everything. And I used to be a person who felt that way, but now I feel like anything is possible. Well, that's the beauty of um of, of what you're doing in Easter Market because 
there people don't have to actually commit to a brick and mortar location no. where they can come over to, to a shed, pop up and maybe tweak their product to see what's selling, see what's not, get customer feedback. And, you know, so I think what you're doing is just it's brilliant. Thank you so much. And I think what you are doing is brilliant also. Aww, and we need you. it. We need it. It's mm-hmm. something that we need and we don't talk about it a lot because talking about race and all these different things, it is a touchy subject. Yeah. Well, it, people have been jailed, killed, mutilated over it. So I get it. You know, but there are conversations that we have to have. We we have to have those conversations because mm-hmm. it's important. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much, Nikki. Thank you for the opportunity. All right. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in to Ask Jennifer, the podcast. Uh, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Ask Jennifer, A-S-K-J-E-N-N-Y-F-E-R. You can also listen to our podcast episodes on our website at Ask Jennifer slash podcast. And we will talk to you next time. Remember to like, share, subscribe, and always listen on Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Store, and Spotify. Shop local, shop small, a place where you can buy everything and all. Yeah, you got it all day, Detroit. Detroit, all day, Detroit, all day, Detroit, all day. Shop local, shop small, ain't gotta go far. You're listening to the Detroit is Different Podcast Network.